Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. The animals, the animals. Trap, trap, Welcome trap, back to the morning beat. Now, if you missed our intro to the show this morning, Michaela woke up terrified that her partner was cheating on her. No reason whatsoever other than the fact that she had a dream, which is very, very logical and very on brand for Michaela. Mm-hmm. Uh, but... On the odd chance that she is, in fact, cheating on you. She wakes up a little bit from now, and she tells you, Michaela, it's time for us to go our separate ways. I've got you. I've got <gasps> you. I've got your back because I'm your best friend. So, Thank her you. name is Chelsea Holmes. She can solve all of your problems. She's also a star of the new Discovery Plus reality series, Prisoner of Love, where she sets up people with other people who are incarcerated. Why is she doing this? Because it worked for her. That's right. She fell in love with a man by the name of Manuel uh, as she joined a pen pal program, a writing program, uh, where you write letters to prison inmates. She is head over heels for this guy. So much so, not only does she have her own reality show now, she set up her own son and her son's best friend, who's divorced, by the way, and looking for love, love again. She set up her son with a woman in prison. I just, I just, okay. I can't, I can't. First of all, I want to say many things. Number one, I've literally wanted to be on television my entire life. The people that are now getting reality shows, like, uh, honestly, we've got 600 pound life. We've got Darcy and Stacy. Now we've got meet your prisoner husband or wife. I just, where has television gone? And should <sighs> I become, should I become a prison dating coach? Because I honestly will. I love I, the attention. I feel like you would thrive in that scenario, actually. Uh, Thank this you. Is, it's odd. It's so strange to me. Discovery Plus, Discovery Channel used to be about like watching whales swim under the ocean and stuff. Like, right. Remember, we used to learn about nature and stuff. Now, Shark Dis- Week, yeah. Yeah. Discovery Plus now is just TLC on steroids, apparently. Yes. I don't know how I feel yes. about this. I will say, though, that there is a, a bit of a red flag for Chelsea and her, uh, her long term relationship with Manuel. He did say that when he gets out of prison, because he is going to get out of prison soon, I guess, uh, that he wants to be, quote, celibate for a while. Oh. That's a red flag. Oh. Isn't he already celibate? Like, isn't, isn't this called, okay. a, isn't this time in prison his a while? Not necessarily. Listen, oh, that's true. I gave advice to my friend yesterday who wants to date this girl in the UK. We obviously live here in LA. And I said, absolutely not. The inconvenience of it all, you're going to want to be able to call your partner and see them whenever you want. Then you add on that they could be a possible criminal. 
I would not wait two to three years for anybody to get out of prison. Well, and then they come out and they're like, sorry, I also don't have sex right let's now. Let's also like, clarify that this is how this usually works. If you're in prison, you're probably not possibly a criminal. You are a criminal. Also, Michaela, don't, <laughs> don't get in the way of love. What are you doing? You're Listen. I know that you, in your perfect scenario, would be handcuffed to Lisa for the rest of your life. I know how you are. No personal space. Not everybody's as needy as you. Like, maybe your friend dating somebody halfway around the world is a good thing. Maybe. Okay, but listen. What? Don't you feel like you love to share things with the meal? You like the convenience of being able to go into the room and see him when you want. You also have the convenience of leaving the house. But you sort of, as a couple, control the narrative of how often you want to see each other. I feel like I would hate that. Then I have to, like, go through the phone. I have to, like, call at certain times. Only for them to be like, hey, put money on my books for Top Ramen. Then come out and be like, I want to be celibate. <laughs> well, listen, Yeah, right. Here's the thing with your friend. She's your friend. She's not you. You don't have to worry about those things. You I know, but, you know, I've been taking, I've been taking therapy for a few weeks, so I feel like... I am I not thought, a therapist. Yeah. I thought you were also learning about <laughs> boundaries and therapy. Hey, guys, one thing that I don't think we've discuss, discussed and, you know, kind of considered is what they're in prison for. So, yeah, I mean, that's it's, real. It's, it's it's a big difference to have someone that you're dating that, you know, maybe killed someone versus someone okay. that's in there for drug charges. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, okay. So, I think that if somebody murdered somebody, if they just, like, murder them, that's, like, a non-starter. Mm-hmm. If, they no, accident- yeah. if they accidentally killed somebody, like, vehicular, like, manslaughter or something like that, like, that one I could consider. DUI? A DUI, probably not yeah. just because it speaks to their greater character, and I'm not really into people drinking and driving. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's kind of That's kind of a no-brainer for me. If you're a drug smuggler, though, like if you're a drug smuggler like Alex, uh, Piper's girlfriend from Orange is the New Black, that's kind of cool. That's kind of edgy and kind of hot. Like, I'm kind of okay with that one. Have you ever... It, I feel like you've had a pen pal situation with a prisoner, have you, or no? Me? No. I, I at what? least... I would have written that dude who uh, who was in prison with the teardrop on his eyes, the, it's now a male model, the Meeks. Oh, Meeks, Jeremy Meeks. Meeks. Jeremy Meeks. I would have pen paled him. Like, he could get it. Like, he could, probably I, st- he could probably still get it. I feel like the only relation I have to this story is that I sang in a prison um, in Nashville. I sang Mamas Don't Let Your Babies Grow Up To Be Cowboys. And I, it was the rave reviews. Honestly, I never felt better about myself. So. Well, nobody let their boys I, grow up to be cowboys. It. They let them grow up to be criminals, though. Yikes. Justin, would you? Uh, Yeah, I've done it before, actually. You Wait, you've done what before? I've had a relationship in, well, it was jail. She was in there for a nine months. It was in my 20s. Nine months? Yeah. Justin, you're the most random human being. Drugs? 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 Like like fun drugs? Like what what kind of drugs? drugs Like weed? Meth? Yeah. Oh, yeah, meth is one of the ugly ones. Yeah. It's not like Molly or something. It wasn't great. Looking back on my decision, not the best decision. (laughs) They're all terrible. But, you know, it was was an interesting time, and, you know, I was giving support, and hey, why not? Well, you were also- Does your wife know about this? Yeah, does Lauren know? She does. She doesn't know exactly who it was, but, yeah, she knows of some of my Well, how many people do you- you know that have been in prison for meth. She could probably narrow it down. Well, she mm-hmm. doesn't know the person is. It, it's oh. from my old life in my okay. old town. You know what? Your you're right. old you, life. Listen, yes. listen, Michaela. You're absolutely right. We should get Lauren, his his wife and mother of a okay. child, on the phone right now and talk to her about this. Oh she, my you, god! You yes. Go di- diving in my past. <laughs> let's move on. Yeah, let's do. That. I I'd actually like to give her a call. I'll call her. 
Welcome back to the Morning Beat. Now, if you've paid any attention to the world over the last few years, especially during this global pandemic, uh, the anti-vaxxer sort of uh, movement has only grown and grown and grown. People aren't really interested in facts anymore. They don't trust scientists and doctors. There's a lot of misinformation out there, right? Uh, we could go down a QAnon conspiracy hole for the entire show and never get any closer to the truth uh, than we are at this moment. So we're not even going to waste our time doing that. However, it is important to point out uh, how dangerous that can be to the lives of, well, 8,600 people in Germany uh, that we know of right now. And if it's happening there, it could be happening everywhere. So apparently there's a nurse in Germany who's an anti-vaxxer, Right. People are coming to get the COVID vaccine from her. 8,600 people she injected with a saline solution, a placebo, instead of the vaccine because she didn't believe in the vaccines. Now, this story infuriates me. It makes my blood boil. Um, And she's a Red Cross nurse. The Red Cross. Listen. She's I mean, in custody. I mean, the police police are investigating her right now, actually. But the the arrogance and the audacity to take it upon yourself to make a choice for somebody else's health is just beyond infuriating to me. Yeah, I think that's the problem. People are literally coming to you expecting that they're getting the vaccine. If you're an anti-vaxxer, that's one thing. I mean, that's totally on you to deal with you and in your own household. But to be a nurse, to be telling people that you're going to be getting something that they believe is going to protect them and save their lives. And you're like, no, just a placebo. I mean, it's I mean, she should almost go to to jail for murder. Like, what if they died? Absolutely. If one of those people die, that blood is on her hands. Yes. Because as we as we know, ninety nine point nine nine percent of the the lethal cases of covid right now are all non vaccinated people here in the United States. Yeah, I mean, even double vaxxed are coming, uh, are getting COVID. I know a story just of a makeup artist friend of mine got the whole uh, private plane got uh, COVID-19. Yeah, no, no, and and that's that's an important thing to clarify. You can still get COVID. Like we can get COVID and pass COVID all day long. I'm saying, though, that 99.99% of people who are dying of COVID right now, the serious issues, are all unvaccinated. Yeah. And so it's not th- these vaccines aren't here to make us not get COVID. Like Dr. James has said many, many times on our show, we're all going to get it. At some point, we're all going to have COVID. We're all going to come in contact with it. It's whether or not we have the immunities, whether natural from having had it before and recovered or getting vaccinated, that are going to keep us out of the hospital and keep us from dying. And she's not giving these people that option. 8,600 people because of this one nurse. And she's not alone. I know this story is coming out of Germany. So you might be thinking like, why? Why, why are we talking about it? Well, it's it, it's not impossible that it's already happening here in the United States. Uh, just in June, a hospital in Texas suspended 178 employees. 178 employees that work at a hospital. They were suspended for two weeks without pay uh, because they refused to get the coronavirus vaccine. Now, some of these people may have been tasked with giving other people a vaccine or working in some sort of administrative way to document vaccines. And if they're not willing to get a vaccine themselves, it makes me concerned how willing they are to do their jobs to make sure other people are getting the vaccine, too. Like, you can be an anti-vaxxer all day long. Yeah. I think, anti- I think anti-vaxxers are Neanderthals, personally. 
My yeah. sister's an anti-vaxxer. She's not vaccinating my nephews, and it drives me nuts. My mom well, cries about it. It's But I can also respect it's their choice, but not when you're going to lie to people who think they're getting the vaccine and you're giving them, what, a saline solution? That's crazy. Yeah, it's crazy. To your point, when I said that people that are double-vaxxed are getting covid they're still alive, and that's my sure. point. That's yes. why it's problematic that people that yep. are not vaxxed, they, they don't stand a chance. If people that are double-vaxxed are at least yeah. being okay, I mean, you yeah. don't. And and I think that I would be – like, let's make it personal. What if that was your mother that went to get vaccinated and yeah. thought that she went to this nurse and then she died? Like, I'll say th- I'll say this to you because, because I know that you're more caring about the people around you sometimes than you are about yourself. So what if you found out that Lisa – Love of your life, got vaccinated. Then all of a sudden, she's sick on a ventilator in a hospital and dies. And you find out somewhere along the line that the nurse that gave her her vaccine actually gave her a saline solution. How do you react? I mean, we would both be in prison for murder because I would literally percent. take her out. And that's, I think, why it's percent. important to make it personal. You know, Sky, who I love so much, she lost her mother in COVID. And while people are coming together and saying, OK, well, things are trying to get back to normal. She says every day, it's normal for you. It's not normal for me. The people that really came close to COVID or lost people that they loved, it doesn't feel the same. It doesn't feel normal. And if you or someone that you loved went to get vaccinated and it was just a placebo and they died, I I mean, it's just completely irresponsible. And I'm sure it's happening here in the United States, unfortunately. All right. So I'm not a fan of excuses. I'm going to put that out there right now. Yeah. But you know where I stand. It drives me bonkers. One of my biggest ones is when somebody's like, oh, I was drunk. I was drunk that night. I'm so, I, I was totally, I was an a-hole. I get it. I was drunk. I'm like, okay, come on. Well, if, if you're that quick to like excuse it based on that, uh, then you know you have an issue. Yeah. And maybe you should not drink as much, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and I got thinking about this. Our, this article that's on Queer Tea got me thinking about are there acceptable excuses for being like a bigot or a homophobe? Uh, Fabio Fognini was the, the tennis player from uh, during the Olympics from Italy who used the F word repeatedly and not the F-U-C other one, the longer version. Um, I can spell it out on the radio. Nope. I'm not allowed to spell the word. Mm-mm. That's the weirdest thing. Wow. Our, our producer freaks the F out <laughs> and went and hit the void button. Um, but apparently, um, can't even spell it. And I'm just not okay with people coming up with excuses. He says yeah. he was really hot. I'm sorry. Extreme heat doesn't make you become a homophobe. Yeah. Uh, but are there excuses that you're willing to accept when somebody's being bigoted? or sexist, or homophobic? Uh, Are there situations or instances that might make you be like, okay, I get that one? Um, If you're being racist, or if you're speaking against women, or women's rights, or uh, being homophobic, I think that's just who you are as a person. Yeah. Because, like, I make plenty of mistakes, but I wouldn't Mm -hmm. call somebody a racist name. Um, I mean, listen, I was devastated when Roseanne Barr lost... Roseanne. Mm -hmm. When it came back on, I was so excited. I literally watched that show religiously growing up. I wanted to be a comedian partly because of her. And then... We were like lower class growing up, though, both of us. Right. So I could relate to that. So I could relate to her. Her house felt like a lot of houses I knew. I know. I know. Maybe that's what it was, the comfort Mm -hmm. of of just feeling like her. But uh, she went on a total vile rant on Twitter and then the next day said it was because of the ambient Well, she called she Valerie Jarrett, who was part of uh, President Obama's team at the time, she, she called her a Muslim ape. Yes. I mean, that's pretty intense. Yeah. So is that, then she tried to say it was just, yeah, like you said, it was just the ambient. 
Yeah, I I mean, I I don't know why you would say a Muslim ape. Like that just doesn't. Yeah, where did that come from? Mm-hmm. It came from somewhere, and that's worth exploring. Right. Um. Luckily, that show has been successful ever since as the Connors, and they're still doing well. They're one yeah. of ABC's top-rated shows, so apparently you don't need Roseanne for Roseanne to work. Yeah. Um, l- listen, it's one thing to—people get loopy on Ambien. I have one of my best friends who randomly will FaceTime me, like, topless sometimes on Ambien, and it's, like, a funny—and she doesn't remember it, like, the next day. It's one thing to show off your boobies when you're on Ambien. It's another thing to go on a, on a racist uh, sort of rant. It's a different situation. I just get tired of people getting busted well, and then apologizing. Speak about that. Listen to this. Remember when Megan McCain Ugh. last year during the Black Lives Matter posted a photo of her Manhattan neighborhood and said it's turned into a war zone. And then her neighbor, SNL writer Kristen Bartlett, tweeted to say that 100% was not true. And then she was like, oh, OK, OK, you're right. I'm not even in Manhattan. I'm in Virginia. I'm just six months pregnant. I'm really emotional. <sighs> And everyone was like, what? So you're going to start a race war? Because you're pregnant? Or emotional because you're pregnant? Like, girl, don't use that excuse. My mom was pregnant too many times. She just ate a lot. Yeah, she didn't like, claim war zone in Manhattan. Or Michael Che just recently he was uh, t- uh, tweeting oh, about Simone Lord. Biles and making fun of her. And then he said that his Instagram was hacked or his social media was hacked. Again, that's another excuse. I don't like when people make excuses. It's sort of like Kevin Spacey tried to come out and be like, well, it's because I struggled with my sexuality. I'm like, I'm like, girl, yeah, so did I. So a lot did of us everybody. Did. Didn't make us a rapist. Didn't rape people because of it. So, like, I don't like that. I would rather Kevin Spacey had said, um, it's problematic. What I did was wrong. I have some sex issues that are in no way, shape, or form related to my sexuality. Right. But just my own perversions that I'm working through. Yep. I would have appreciated that answer and been willing to give him another chance because, listen, I get it. Uh, I, I've shared this before. My own family has, has a history of being a little racist and problematic in the past. Also very homophobic. My mom was first to tell you she was terrified of gay people. Hated them. Right? Until I came out. Mm-hmm. And then she had to slowly start to look at some of those things. My own dad. I grew up hearing the N-word all the time from my dad. And then he met my partner. And my partner gave him his home for five days when he came out here for my sister's wedding. And he fell in love with him. You know? Because you don't know what you don't know. So, like, there are instances where I'm like, okay, I can forgive some past things if you've done the work and changed. But just using, like, a blanket excuse, like, I was on Ambien or I was drunk. Ha yeah. <laughs> I'm pregnant. That's a cop out. Yeah, I think the pregnant one actually bothers me most because as women, we're already fighting for equality. And then we're also fighting, uh, you know, like people are so quick to be like, oh, she's PMSing. Oh, she's on her period. Oh, she's pregnant. This is personal right now. I, I said that one it's, time in the heat of the moment and we had a moment. It, <laughs> I, had oh to, my God, I had to call I, her and apologize oh for it. Oh my God, I genuinely did not mean no. to. I, did, I literally was not even thinking about that. It was that. our most awkward friend moment. I was it like, I was, better apologize. It was, but, but you know what? To be fair, you... So many people have said that to women mm-hmm. and in business. And it's like, it's more offensive that she said it about yeah. herself because it's like, girl, we're trying to fight that. That. Like, we don't use our periods and PMSing and, and things for mm-hmm. ex- excuses. Just yeah. be wrong. Because right. now you're like making other women look bad. Megan the so, cane, I'm glad you're out of there. So, so you accepted my apology? I did accept it, honey. Okay, good. <laughs> this episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. 
It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. <laughs> so one of the things that's really uh, been a bummer this pandemic, uh, more of a superficial bummer, if you will. Obviously, there's a loss of life and people are struggling to stay safe and, and we don't want to make light of that. But... Uh, other things have been affected by the global pandemic, such as the supply chain. Yes. For me, that meant furniture early on. We ordered the couch. It took forever to get here because the supply chain has been backed up. Same thing that affected toilet paper and, and paper towels early on. Right? Now, I could get through those things and the frustration of it all because my bar was fully stocked. I'll be honest. Drank mm-hmm. a lot of red wine early pandemic. I've Amen. talked about it many, many times. I drank red wine and had a nice box of... Cheez-Its. Cheez-Its. There, there it is. That's my early <laughs> pandemic. Well, now the sirens are going off because this is a line. It's just, it's been crossed and I don't know, I don't know, I don't know how I feel about it. Tell me. Because there might be a liquor you shortage. You so stressed. A, a liquor shortage. No. During the holidays. Not on my watch. Liquor, wine. Again, because of this, this, this nationwide shipping issue that's I'm gonna going be on. With you. I'm going to be honest what, with you. What? How are we, what? How are we going to get through this? I'll be honest with you. I went to the doctors and my doctor said, due to some blood work things, she wants me to completely clean up my diet this month and next month, which means no alcohol. So if I can't have alcohol, nobody can. You I did started this. the shortage. You did it. I created the article. So I text Biden. We're not going to be drinking glasses of vodka together to celebrate the holidays this year. Nobody is. And There's to celebrate no more the vodka. family members we love and the ones that we hate. Because <laughs> we both have both. Listen, I I can't believe it. I feel like we felt like this last year, though, and then we had plenty of alcohol, right? I was buying six packs like left and right. There was one time we went to the we went to the store and came home with eighteen bottles of wine. Why eighteen? You might ask because if you go to the store, Ralph's out here or any major grocer across the country, you buy six at a time, you save thirty percent. So we would buy six packs. Oh my it's god, incredible. that's amazing! Mix and match your wines. You can mix them with liquor too. So oh. if you, you need to get a bottle of liquor, get some cheap wine. And no. You might actually mm-hmm, no. It's a good little. It's a good little hack. Yeah. And now's the time to do it. Because uh, our holidays might be a little extra dry. They're saying that the shortages will come over the next weeks and maybe even months. uh, And we'll hit every region of the country at some point. Okay, what would absolutely devastate you this holiday season if you could not get it in stock? Tito's vodka, probably. I know. 
I love me I a love, dirty martini. I love a dirty martini. I, so during the holidays, I drink Tito's vodka, dirty martinis. I love them. Uh, I also drink eggnog with Southern Comfort. It's delicious. Oh, yeah. It's yummy. It's a vibe. Because uh-huh. uh, I don't really do like the brandy. It's just weird. Uh, and then the other thing that I really, really enjoy is a Coppola Claret wine. I gave it to you. It's got the little gold cage it's on delicious. it. Little, yeah. And it's a good, nice, decent price bottle of wine. It's like 15 20 bucks, depending on when you get it. And those three things usually get me through the holidays. Now, Amen. I did give you a bottle of that wine last year for your birthday. And I somebody, loved it. Somebody else who works here at the station, not for our station, but for one of our sister stations, came in and said something very, very shady about that wine. Now, yeah, it hurt you, honey. That, that, per- that person's a wine snob. It's a $20 bottle of wine. Okay, but also, I literally drink menage a trois. So, like, yes. get out of here. It's not Opus One. Get out of here. But come on. Calm down. I will say, Menage a Trois is a good, like, $11 wine. I love a good Menage a Trois. I do, too. They what? make wine? Yes, they do. <laughs> okay, Sexy Justin. Time. What yeah. would you not Yeah, what's your, what's your go-to well holiday with? cocktail? Good old you... American Jack Daniels. Oh, yeah, that's okay. good. Yeah, I well, do that. It, it's funny that this comes up in our holiday parties next week. Yeah, I'm just yeah. saying. Well, I'll tell you this. I'll tell you this, Justin. So there was a year mm-hmm. I used to throw iconic holiday parties every single year. Then it, then they became like every third year and now whatever. I'm talking, I used to make like lobster bisque and then steam lobster, chop it up and put little pieces of lobster on top of it and make these little shooters. For, I, I was I would go all in. I'm such, I'm such a gay. And uh, one year somebody brought over a handle of Jack Daniels and we finished it and I ended up our Christmas party in my home, in my apartment back in the days, like 10, 12 years ago. And uh, I ended up the night lying down, spitting up on my balcony, <gasps> just sp- like spitting and being fed ice chips because I drank the whole bottle of Jack Daniels. Oh, my God. Woke up the next morning fully clothed next to my coworker who was also fully clothed, who was a female. She had her like knee-high leather boots. Yeah, but you would never do anything we, with that female. No, no, no. one's concerned. No, that's not the point. The point is we worked together, got up and went to work together the next morning in the same clothes we wore the night before and everybody knew it. Oh, oh. my God. So I don't drink a lot of Jack Daniels anymore. It's funny because that sounds more like a you know like a Jaeger story, but congratulations. Oh, no. Listen, oh. I have a Jack story. When I was like, oh, got an idiot. I must have been like 32. 19. Oh, yeah, of course. <laughs> no, not even 19. I think I was like 17. Uh, and I went home to Vegas, and my best friend at the time, Trisha, took me to a house party. And I didn't go to house parties ever, and I didn't drink. And Because so, you were 17. Yeah, hello. It's illegal. But, you know, a lot of high yeah. school kids do. Of course I did. So I went, and I was like, always the life of the party. And I was like, drinking, drinking. I remember waking up on her couch with a towel over my boobs, like I had taken my top and bra off, and I got up and I looked and I had throw up all in my hair. Mm. And her mom walked out and she was like, you good? And I was like, <laughs> please don't tell my mom. And Aww. she was like, go home. And the I was holidays. like, okay, bye. They're the here. holidays. <laughs> Somebody once told me the world is gonna roll me. I hate the sharpest tool in the shed. Oh my god, I love this song so much. Smash Mouth was iconic. This was one of those songs that I knew every single word. Absolutely. And I would sing it like I was on stage like the coolest person in the entire world. Well, guess what? We're not that cool anymore, apparently. Because if you played this song now for this generation, they wouldn't have a clue what to do with it. No idea. Here's what's going to happen. 
Olivia Rodrigo or somebody's going to come along and make another version of the uh-huh. song, just like she did with Paramore, uh-huh. and what's old is new again, and they're going to be like, yeah, we're so different, we're so cool. Guess guess what, kids? Yeah, you're not. We done did it years we done ago. done did it. It's interesting, though, because uh, we came across this thread on Reddit recently, uh, which just, just saying that sentence already is funny, because Reddit is really for the young kids, right? Not for us old folks. I'm in my 40s now, uh, and there are so many things uh, that were in this thread, uh, things that the question was, what is something you did as a child that kids nowadays wouldn't understand? Um, And that list is long. It's so long, and it's so triggering. The first thing on here is so, so iconic to me. When waiting for your favorite songs to come on the radio so you could tape record them, (laughs) and then even one step further... And then getting so mad if the DJ would come in and talk over a part yes. of it or the very end of it and ruin the oh, audio. Yeah. I would sit. We had, okay, so in my hometown back in Salina, Ohio, we had this fancy house on the lake when we were kids. We moved into it and we thought we were rich. There were like 14 chandeliers in this house. Oh my God. They were in every single room. They were brass. They weren't like real gold. But black and white tiles on the floor. Like we were fancy. Formica countertops. Like this, we had money, we thought, right? We bought it from a doctor. We had a big, big family. And there was an intercom system in the entire, every bedroom had a button you could talk, push and talk to or listen to the radio in every single room. Oh my God. And there was a tape deck in the kitchen that was like the master of it all, right? And I would sit there sometimes for hours after school trying to catch usually Janet Jackson's latest single but and then record it. Because it's the only way you could get it back then. Yeah, it was yeah. The only way. Kids don't understand well, that. Kids they, don't know. Here's what they also don't understand. This is so triggering. Rushing to go to the bathroom and get snacks during commercial breaks. <gasps> commercial. There was what? no pausing. They? There was no rewatching. Mm-hmm. If you missed it, honey, it was over. Do you remember Saturday morning cartoons? Yeah. There was like a two to three hour block. If you didn't wake up during that two to three hour it block, it was over. You had to wait a week. Yeah. And the panic that set in if you woke up late. Oh my oh god. Oh my god. I'd be like shoving a pop tart down my throat. If I missed get... yeah. If I missed GoBots, my like my life was over. I would have a meltdown. I had to sit around and just watch Mask, which was kinda cool too, but not nearly as cool as GoBots and G.I. Joe. I mean, well, I mean, imagine these kids now, like for my nephew, he watches and my niece. She watches YouTube. You stop on their iPad. Over, yeah. She stops, she goes around with it. She can go anywhere and watch her show. Like we didn't have televisions that traveled with us you had to sit in the living room and watch it That's or you right. didn't watch it and and they're constantly signed on to the internet back when we were kids we had to do this see if uh-huh. you recognize this sound remember AOL instant messenger and and this is the crazy thing oh that, my god that part. also that's when you knew you were close but also if you were on the internet Maybe talking to a friend in ICQ or Instant Messenger, and your mom needed the phone, you had to get off of Over. the computer. But also, Kids will lose their minds nowadays. Okay, but also, there was no discreet way. Like, my niece and nephew can easily get online now yeah. and do whatever they want. And go shopping on their if mom's Amazon I account. I wanted to go on the, the AOL chat rooms. Everybody knew about it. My mom, th- that sound... Please. If you're just now joining us, we came across this article on Reddit, on Reddit this thread on Reddit, actually, uh, asking the question, what are things that kids nowadays would not understand that you just was part of your daily life? The internet was one of them. Also, Wait. what are you going to say? Okay, I have a good one. Okay. We didn't have cell phones. So you remember when you would meet somebody, maybe a boyfriend, a girlfriend, just a new friend, and you'd write their number on your hand. Of course. But if you sweat, 
even gone. just a little bit, you will never see that person ever. again. You never get in contact. How would, you, how would you reach them? There wasn't social media. Mm-mm. I had so many phone numbers memorized. Oh God, I still have so friends' different. phone numbers from high school memorized. And I, I'm not even kidding. My fiance and I just celebrated our nine-year anniversary. Two years ago, I learned his phone number. Why would I know it? I know. Why would I know I it? I know. I know my I know my cousin's phone number from high school 25 years ago, but I didn't know my fiance's phone number. Listen to me, I feel that. I there feel was no, it. There was no need to memorize it. And when I was a kid, this is something kids don't do now either, because now if my nephews, my little nephews have phones, they have cell phones. I text my little nephew, Huddy, the other night, congrats on making the flag football team. Yeah, you just text him. He's like 12, mm-hmm. and his little brother also has a phone. Listen. He texts me to ask me about uh, sending him Fortnite money, right? And sometimes yeah. I do. But when I was a kid, I would wake up early on the morning, in the weekends or the summertime, and I would walk to my friend's house, blocks away sometimes, if I was allowed to walk that far. Yeah. And I would just knock on their door and wait. Yeah. I would say, can Katie come out You'd and play? You'd have to just sit on the porch. You'd just wait for them to wake home. up. Yes. Nowadays, they just text. Yeah, they don't, they don't just my go. five-year-old niece FaceTimes me. You don't me. just show up unannounced. That's crazy. It's actually like disrespectful. Yes. You could never do it. I mean, it's so crazy, and I feel like such an old lady. But like Friday nights was my favorite night because we'd go to Crystal Palace Skating Center. We would go skating. It would be so much fun. Not Crystal Palace. Oh yeah, in Las Vegas, Nevada, honey. And if you're listening, ninety-four-one HD two, you know exactly what I'm talking about. Off Rancho, mm-hmm. and we would vibe. But whatever music they played is the music that we would hear on the radio, and you'd want to know it before you got to Crystal Palace, so you looked like a cool guy. But that was our Friday nights, like staying home and being on the internet yeah. or face. My life was very physical because of that. Yeah, I would get on the rotary phone, pull the cord down the stairs, and close the door oh, to have a private conversation. And then sometimes I would get on the phone and sneak on there quietly to listen to my sister or have a oh, conversation yeah. with her friends. Um, we're gonna take this to Instagram. You want to give us your old, give us your memories that, that people just do not understand anymore. I think we have one more bit of audio, Justin. Do we have one more that we no. can take our list? We don't have. You know what? You know what I'm gonna do? What are you what? gonna do? Put us out with you know what we started yes, with. Yes, so uh, much our favorite so song. Much see, so what's wrong with? No one's gonna hear a rotary phone. Yeah, you nobody's. Never know if you don't nobody's go. gonna hear the song anywhere you else. Never if you don't they go. might play this on K Rock still. Hey now, you're <laughs> an all star. Get your game on. Go play. Hey, now. I'm Tone Duff. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile Essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. (sighs) Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. 
Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice-cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. So as you know, I've been on a lot of planes recently, and let me tell you, travel is back. Uh, the pandemic is not over, but people are going to the airport uh, just like they were back in 2019 before this thing got wild. And with the holidays right around the corner, uh, more and more people are expected to travel and also uh, take their pets with them. Yeah. You might have a cat or a small dog you want to take with you, but people oftentimes have questions like, how do you do that? Especially if you can't take the pet on the plane with you, uh, what does that mean for the pet? So totally. we've got our celebrity veterinarian, Doc Halligan, on the line to give us some tips and tricks for traveling with our pets. Mm-hmm. Uh, how are you, Doc? Hi, Doc. Good morning. I'm great. Well, there's this TikTok video that's gone viral. Uh, mm-hmm. Somebody asked, like, show me show me what happens to my pet when I, when I travel on a plane. And right. they show the pet in a cage or in a kennel uh, strapped down underneath the plane where they put all the luggage. And the pet looks terrified. Now, people are up in arms over this. Uh, what should people know when they're thinking of, of essentially checking, I guess, their pet on a plane? Mm-hmm. Well, every year, pets are lost and die uh, in cargo on the planes. There's actually, you can look and see the number. So you have to know that if you are checking your pet, there is a risk uh, of losing them or having them pass away um, due to a lot of conditions that can happen. As you can imagine, it's a live animal that's uh, being tossed in cargo with your luggage. Um and so there's, I wrote a book and I had a whole chapter on it because I always say if you, if you can't travel with your pet on the plane, it's safer not to put them in cargo. But unfortunately, some people are forced to have to put them in cargo. Then there's ways to do it safely. The biggest thing I see is those crates that you have to put them in, the carriers. You, they come open when the handlers you know, sometimes drop them, all right, or, you know, and the thing busts open. That's how they get locked. So, you know, zip ties? You know what a zip tie is, right? All of the openings that have the little, you know, screws in, you replace that with zip ties, the big, sturdy zip ties, all of them. And that way, if it falls over or it it gets dropped, it's not going to bust open. That's like the most important takeaway from this, you just that's what because I've transported hundreds of animals, you know, from from uh, areas that are, you know, Hurricane Harvey and Katrina. So, and also, write live animal in, they have stickers for it, put live animal all over the crate because some people they don't have a dog, they don't even know there's a live animal in there. Mm. Tell the pilot 
if you're on a flight, you tell the pilot, I have a dog in cargo. You let the pilot know. Why? Because if you get stuck somewhere, you know, a layover or something like that, or you don't, you got to let the pilot know. Um, Obviously, the pet needs to go to the vet prior to traveling, even if you're taking it for a road trip, all right, because traveling is stressful for for a lot of animals, and if they're harboring some type of problem, it's going to come out when they're traveling. Well, that's really interesting. Go well, ahead. Uh, well, no, I, I, when you said that when you go on a road trip, if you're, because I drive with Bruno and Rocco, I mean, kind of mm-hmm. weekly, and mm-hmm. um, we don't go to the vet every time we travel. Well, so yeah. How I do see. we make it the most comfortable, be it car, plane, bus, for our animals? Well, you have to make sure that, one, the pets are not stressed out when they're in the car. Dogs, a lot of times, will get used to being in the car. Some of them really like it. But you do want to make sure that they've had at least an exam within the year and that they're up to date on their current vaccines and that they are restrained in the car, Michaela, in case you get in an accident. My brother was a firefighter, paramedic, and he'd tell me stories of pets that got killed when they got in an accident and the pet jumped out of the car on the freeway and they got and they got killed. Mm. So the pet needs to, you've got to think about that, right? Mm. One time Michaela's yeah, pet it, jumped out of the window of a moving car, but luckily it was in a harness and they pulled yeah, him right back listen, in. Listen, that really happened. Yeah. Bruno, yeah, no, they have their seatbelts, but Bruno got a little too excited. He jumped right out of the car and uh, he was like on the other side of the door and we were like, pull over. Yeah. Oh Bruno. my well, God. To your point though, Doc Halligan, uh, according to Honest Paws, they did a, a study over the last uh, 10 years, well, from 2010 to 2020, and over 250 pets lost their lives. Uh, yeah. during flights, yeah. uh, many more injured. Of yeah. course, United and Delta uh, lead the pack, but they also d- have more domestic flights than any other airline in the country. But but it's something to really, really look into, I think. And and listen, we you, we took this advice from you months ago when we first got our dog. We just celebrated his mm-hmm. first birthday, Kingston, and uh, he's doing fantastic. He's 38 pounds, though. He's a bit too big to take on the plane, and I don't want to put him underneath in the in the cargo. I wouldn't imagine doing that to him. Um, no, so- and you know what? Just get... You know, I always question people when they want to take their dog and they're flying somewhere. And I'm like, really? You know, I had a friend who used to watch my dog, and he had a great time while I went off and did Oh, no, we board him. We take him to a dog hotel, oh, and he has a time of his life. He lives his best and then life. He has a time of his life. We also yeah. did learn one more tip, though. If you are going to board your dog, set up a shampoo at the end of that so they can be clean when they come home. Because Amen. we didn't do it one time, and he was stinky. <laughs> they get wild. Oh. Well, Doc Halligan, we appreciate you, as always, for joining okay. us. And we want to make sure that if you uh, want any more information, you can go to DocHalligan.com or download her podcast, Unleashed. Thank you again. All right. Thanks, guys. The holidays are here. You're running out of time to order things online and get them in time for Christmas because of all the shipping backlogs and everything else going on. But uh, the FBI is still saying this loud and clear. They're partnering up with the Better Business Bureau, and they're warning buyers to beware of Christmas shopping season scams. Uh, these could cost, you know, millions and millions of dollars. Just last year alone, uh, consumers experienced $53 million in loss during the 2020 season. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the Better Business Bureau and the FBI got over 17,000 complaints. So how do you keep yourself safe? 
when you're shopping for gifts for your loved ones. Well, the, the two most common holiday scams are non-delivery and non-payment crimes. Now, non-delivery meaning you go online, you buy something, and then it just never shows up. And they hope you forget about it. Uh, and they hope you don't complain. They hope you don't file a complaint. And your holiday season goes by, and you've bought so much that you didn't notice it. Right? I'm still waiting on my luggage that I ordered two weeks ago. Oh, my gosh. It's taken forever. Uh, maybe it's three weeks ago now. It's been quite a while. And I did send them a message recently. I'm like, I spent a lot of money on that. Where's my luggage? Yeah. And I never got an email back. And mm. I'm like, okay. I'm going to give you a couple more days, and then I'm going to have to reach out to my credit card company and get that money back because I spent a good chunk of change. But some people don't stay on top of that. Uh, the other one is the non-payment scam, um, meaning that uh, you're scamming them. You might get the goods, then you some then you figure out a way to not pay, or you mm-hmm. act like you you act like you didn't get the goods. They weren't delivered. More and more companies though take pictures at your front door now. You yeah, that? I yeah they do, Amazon and I'm happy they that. do. Because it was, it, was, it was too easy back in the day. You could just be like, oh, I never got it. Well, it's so interesting that we're talking about making sure you're keeping yourself safe, um, because I feel like just being a woman in general, Christmas shopping, uh, doing anything you know, especially in person, has been really scary, especially like this past year. I already have to take a lot of precaution as a woman. I already have to make sure I have mace. I already have to make sure that like I'm watching my bags and holding them tightly. As do many women, we've been seeing a lot of different robberies. And so then to just add this on, Mm. uh, you know, I think it's tough because we don't now want to physically shop because we don't want to get accosted. So we shop online. And then we still have a chance of getting accosted with our credit cards. Well, and that's this is a, that's a good point you bring that up, though, because uh, they are saying, uh, although there are nearly $130 million in losses on credit card payments last year on credit card fraud in 2020, they are advising that you use your credit card. Don't use a gift card. Right. Uh, it's not, not your debit card. It doesn't protect you. Uh, use a credit card because credit card companies, my American Express, for instance, Their customer service is incredible. We went down to Mexico last year with some friends uh, to look at um, venues for our wedding. I decided to treat the girls, a couple of the girls that went with us, to an excursion. And then the excursion fell apart. The company didn't come when they said they were going to come. Then they tried to lie about it. And it was a whole thing. And it was over $600 in charges on my card. It was a gift. And I was like, okay, I'm fine paying for this gift as long as it happens. I don't want to pay for it and not get to go on the excursion and have this company in Mexico lie about me. And so I called my credit card company, American Express. They refunded it immediately. And the company tried to threaten to sue me multiple times, saying that they were going to get their money from me. And I was like, like, well, guess what? American Express has my back. So use your credit cards. And if you're not sure about the website, dig a little bit deeper. Um, Also, another good, good, uh, just a bit of advice. If you see in the web browser, it says HTTP only, and then the address, it's not a secure site. Always look for the S, H-T-T-P-S, colon, slash, slash. Oh, mm-hmm. I love that the advice. S, I think it I probably mean, means secure, I would guess. And if it doesn't, that's perfect. What does it stand for, Justin? Do you know? It's secure. secure yeah. So that's great. how you know the site you're on is actually legit and that you, you're, you're, you're protected. Mm-hmm. Um, but this it's tricky because I have an uncle who, whenever I do like fundraisers for, I don't know, cystic fibrosis or the American Cancer Society or whatever fundraiser I was doing, uh, he would never, he was like, I can send you a check in the mail. And I was like, well, a check in the mail? What do you mean? He's like, I don't trust online. I was a cop for a lot of years. And I saw a lot of really shady things happen with people's money online mm-hmm. and their and, and just their identity theft. It runs rampant. Um, 
But are you a, are you an in person shopper? Are you an Amazon shopper? Where Listen, do you shop? I used to go to the Meadows Mall with my grandma Cavaricci, and I loved it. <laughs> it was my favorite thing to do. I even like going to the fashion show mall in Vegas. I loved in person shop because I also like to see the decorations, the people watching. I like to make it like an experience. You dress cute, but I'll tell you. I uh, have gotten so creeped out over the past like year and a half. And, you know, I do want to say this. If you're a gay man listening or a cis man in general, please watch out for women. If they're walking in front of you, let them know you're not going to attack them. If you see something weird, let them know. Because, uh, so you want me to walk up behind women and say, hey, I'm not going to attack you. I'm not going to scare you. Just let them know. No, but I think I that you. like, do you know what I'm saying? Yeah. I, because when we're walking now, uh, with all these stories that we're hearing, if you hear footsteps behind you, I can't tell you how many times people probably thought I was a psychopath, but I turn around and I see this guy walking behind me and I just freak out. So if you, you know, if you have the opportunity to make a woman feel a little bit more safe just men you know stature wise can totally take down a woman make them feel a little bit better so i've decided to shop online now but even online i don't love it as much just because even is something i wanted to buy the other day from aloe and i was like well i could just go to the store and get it right now and have it today or order it and get it in two days and then i just ordered it online even though i wanted it right now and you know because i don't want to risk being in person that's fair I like that. Yeah. You know, I do like going in person and going shopping. It's fun to be able to hold things and touch things. But to be honest, I find better deals online almost every single time. I know. That's the other thing. It's hard to buy things at malls when they're more expensive. I know. I don't know why they do that either. Just match the price. Baseball is back. And so is MLB.tv. Watch every out-of-market regular season game on your favorite streaming devices. Anywhere, anytime, all season long. Follow the action live or on demand. Track four games at once with multi-view mode and catch up with in-game highlights. Plus, original programs, minor league broadcasts, and local pre- and post-game shows. Go to MLB.tv to start your free trial today. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission. I know. I need your advice. But in order to get it, I have to confess something. And I'm asking you not to judge me. Who am I to judge anyone? I had bangs in the 80s. Okay. I have cyber sex on the internet. And this would be the non-judgment part? My name is Rick Nine Plus. No, you didn't. <laughs> Rick Nine Plus, how sad is that? Actually, I think it shows a great deal of restraint. You could have been Rick Eleven. I think it shows a great deal of restraint, too. Carrie Bradshaw, Stanford Blatch. Uh, uh. We're, we're honoring Willie Garson. He passed away yesterday, unfortunately. Iconic, <sighs> iconic character from so the Sex and the City. And uh, uh, the reboot that is coming out on HBO Max. Uh, we do believe he was filming. He got some episodes shot. We don't know how many exactly or exactly what he died from. Uh, we're going to be honoring him in a moment. I know, Justin, I understand where the show goes. I understand how to host a show. My producer, Justin, writes me notes as if I don't know that we're talking about dating it's right now. It's because he likes and the whiteboard. He likes to just write We're things. using Willie Garson and that scene, iconic scene from Sex and the City, to segue into our dating conversation right now, Justin, producer. Thank you so much for Thank you. teaching me how to do my job. You're um, welcome. So we talked about this yesterday. We teased it. And um, it's, it's an interesting conversation. The difference between dating for straight people and queer people. Is it the same? isn't different. You know, I haven't really gone on a date with a woman in a hundred years. Probably 1999 might've been the last time I went on a date with a woman. And I was also at the time, 19 years old. You've dated men and women in the last decade, in the last seven or eight years, probably, I would say, right? You've yeah. been with Lisa now for six years. Yeah. But before her, I believe you were with a man. 
Yes. Mm-hmm. Pretty pretty soon before her. Not it wasn't a huge gap, a year or so. Yeah, not a huge yeah, right? gap at all. Do you think there's a big difference uh, for queer dating versus straight dating? Yeah, a thousand percent. How so? A thousand percent. I'll just speak for my personal self, but I will say that, um, you know, there's just a different language when it comes to a woman dating another woman. I think that things I felt insecure about with my ex because he was a male and he didn't understand things, emotions, bodily parts. It's not like that with Lisa. Like... A woman is a woman, so there's nothing that we ever have to be ashamed of, embarrassed of. We really get it. We understand it. We can be big with our emotions. And I remember when I met my ex, he wanted to take things slow, and he wanted to wait to hold hands, and he wanted to, like, uh, and I didn't want to have sex right away. And it was this whole thing that we did. We didn't move in right away together. And when I met Lisa, we felt uh, we got intimate immediately There was no having to like withhold back Um, everything, all of our big emotions. It was a very honest, vulnerable from jump. Um, And we then moved in together very quickly. We've been together ever since. But it's it's what I enjoy most about being with a woman. For me personally, I prefer to be with women. I feel very comfortable with women. I feel like also... um, the things that I'm afraid of or scared of being a woman, Lisa, my partner, also understands. It's a whole other level certain, of well, understanding. There's a commonality, a certain comfort level. And when I used to describe it this way to my my buddies or straight people who didn't understand, you know, in my early years, back in my 20s, you know, what, what it's like. And I would be like, listen, it's like having your best buddy who you can watch, you know, sports with or watch your favorite shows with, or go on a hike with, or do all these things that you love to do with your best friends that you keep separate from your girlfriend and your wife. But then you get to also go home and have really great sex with them. You get to have the best of both worlds. You don't have to have two separate things. And sometimes that's good, and sometimes that's bad. I think that while dating, the act of getting into dating as a queer person is much more difficult just based on the numbers alone. I mean, this study shows that 5.6% of U.S. adults identify as LGBTQ, you know. Now, this younger generation is much more open and much more fluid. Um, So there's more options, I think. But for us, there aren't a lot of options. So just the act of finding somebody that you're interested in to go on a first date, let alone build a relationship with, is tricky. In some ways, once you get into the actual relationship, a relationship's a relationship, You're going to have the same insecurities and the same doubts and fears that come up. The difference is when your partner has such a deep understanding of who you are because they've had the same experience, because they might be the same gender and also queer, that that can build a deeper connection, I think. And also, there are a gajillion-like representations of straight love in television, film, music, pop culture. We've all been raised with all of it. Yeah. And that's why I think it was important to come in with that that bit of audio from Sex in the City. Stanford like Stanford Blatch. Like I I posted yesterday my Instagram when he first when yeah. we get Willie Garson first passed. He was one of the only queer people I saw growing up. And that was at a time too when I was first starting to like dabble in my sexuality and start to come out of the closet and start to date. And while I didn't really relate to him exactly, he felt safe to me. He felt like something I could relate to. And I think what's interesting is I've often said that so many of my relationships in my 20s and 30s were so broken because I don't have a lot of relationships to look up to in my life. I love my mom and my stepdad dearly. 
I do not want their relationship in any way, shape, or form. Yes. Other than the fact that they love and support each other and they're there for each other. They don't have conversations that my partner and I have. None of my aunts or uncles, my entire family's like that. That generation doesn't talk about stuff. They don't deal with emotions. They don't address them. They brush everything under the rug and they keep moving. And it builds up and it builds up and it builds up. My partner and I, having such similar traumas as gay men, we had to fight for it. But when we have those conversations, and I think you can relate to this, they're so powerful. Well, I will say that's a generational thing. And I know that, you know, heterosexual couples now are having big conversations. Men are very different. Yeah. Women are very different. And I a know, lot of gay couples, too, also are not having the conversations. I'm not saying we're all yeah, perfect. Totally, totally. But I, I will say, look, I think that men have gotten, um, men that I know have tried to drop that toss toxic masculinity support their women and so there's beautiful relationships in heterosexuality i will just say for me i feel very very comfortable having dated different types of people with not only lisa because she's like my love mate my partner um but i just i love what we have i love that we can share anastasia dip brow i love that we can share makeup they do the best brows though anastasia they literally do RuPaul's I, Drag let Race. Me t- <laughs> That's where a lot of people probably know them from. Lisa was very androgynous when I met her, and I didn't know what to expect. And so when I woke up the next day, we were getting ready for her DJ gig, and she was starting her beat. And I was like, wait, okay, wait, you do that? You have Anastasia Ditbrow? Mm-hmm. And she was like, oh, yeah. Oh, she can beat a face, honey. And I was like, oh my God, we're best friends. Can I just go back? Because I do know the story of your first date, and I'm not going to reveal that live on the air here. <laughs> but I will say this. You said when we woke up after our first date, so I'm already deciphering, okay, you stayed the night together. <laughs> and then she was getting ready to go DJ. That means you slept in, honey, or spent a lot of time in that bed that yeah, day if she was getting ready for a DJing gig Listen from to me. bed. My Aunt Teresa might be listening now because I just found out that she listens. Aunt Teresa, turn, turn this radio down. We were in a concubine, honey. We were together. <laughs> we were in love. I mean, we were lesbians. Yeah. Lisa was the sex I waited for my whole life. Listen, guess what? Adults have sex. Get over it, people. Yeah, we do. And sometimes we enjoy it. (laughs) Ay, ay, ay. Weddings are complicated. A lot of emotions involved. (sighs) I RSVP'd to our producer's wedding. Got everybody rallied up to go. Amen. And then I booked a gig in San Francisco a week before. Yes, you did, honey. Had to back out. That was awkward. Yes. Had to uh, reply to a wedding just yesterday to a dear friend of ours and said, can't make it. Sorry, we have too much going on this weekend. That was awkward. Yes. Had to decide who to invite and not to invite to mine because I've got friends I've had for 40 years and some of them didn't get invited. Amen. That's awkward. Weddings are complicated. Yeah, they are. Uh, but this one, uh, we're going to let you decide who's the a-hole here. It's another time time for another round of am I the a-hole A woman is considering refusing an invitation to her own sister's wedding because her girlfriend was not invited because her sister's future husband, the groom, is anti-gay. She took to Reddit to figure this one out and to get people's opinions. She said, although her own family is supportive, her new brother-in-law's family are very regressive and religious. She said it's fine. His extended family is very traditional and anti-gay, but... The bride gave the Redditor uh, the invitation in person and explained that she wasn't giving a plus one because having a gay couple at the wedding would likely end up causing lots of drama with his side of the family. Oh, God. However, all of the other siblings who are heterosexual and in relationships 
have received plus ones for their partner. She said, I understand where she's coming from, but it still feels like such a slap in the face. I'm not going to try and force her to give me a plus one, but I'm seriously considering not going. I love my sister, but I'm not comfortable spending a whole day alone while my other siblings are allowed to bring their partners just because my sister wants to cater to a bunch of bigots. She concluded the post by asking for outsider opinions on whether or not she will be the a-hole if she decides to stay at home. Woo! That's tough and kind of relatable. My sister, my only full-blooded sibling in the entire world, uh, recently took me out for my birthday, for my dinner a few months ago, broke down crying and said that because of her newfound religious beliefs, she doesn't believe that I'm living in Christ's vision for my life and that she couldn't imagine going to my wedding because she would break down in tears over the heartbreak she would be feeling and they'd be tears of sadness, she told me, at my dinner. So I can relate to this and I've had to process it, but... It's interesting because before Viv died, I used to go see my family a lot, really just for Viv. But my cousins, I know they love me so much. I'm also the fullest black sheep of the family. I could not be any more different than them. And I would go with Lisa, holding hands with Lisa, and they were very nice to Lisa. They didn't go out of their way to talk to Lisa. Lisa often felt like when we would leave, she was really uncomfortable just because no one really made an effort to get to know her. And I told her they're all losers and it doesn't matter anyway. Once my grandma kicks the bucket, we don't have to do this anymore. She sure kicked it. She kicked it, honey, like a soccer ball. And now we don't do holiday events with them. And my cousin texted me the other day and he said, hey, like, are we going to see you? And I was like, let's just cut the crap. Like, none of us really get a lot. Like, we love each other, but you don't agree with my ways of living. I don't agree with your ways of living. And so I feel like it's just easier for us to, if we have to be together, we will be. Well, to be fair, I feel like it's a little bit different. I feel like they don't agree with your way of life. You don't agree with the way they judge you. Yeah, totally. To be fair, like totally. you're not telling them not to live their lives the way they live them. Oh my god, no, 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 exactly. No. Yeah, so yes, to be yes, fair, yes, yes. It is different. Totally, it yeah. is. It is because I feel like I also I don't want to go where I'm not celebrated. Of course. And I'm getting too old. So for this woman, I do understand where it's like you want to be there for the special day, but also like it is uncomfortable getting mocked at and laughed yes. at. If your sister, listen, this one's cut and dry to me. If your sister is willing to put her future husband's family ahead of your wants and needs as a sibling, F that, sister. Yep. You're not being an a-hole. You stay home. Go out and have a wonderful dinner with your girlfriend. Totally. That's what you do because there is no place for that. Especially, listen, I get it. Your, Your sister might be in an uncomfortable position, but no, 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 no. The bride, it is her job to say, listen. I understand that you might not understand my sister and the way she lives her life. I know, but she needs to say to her groom's family, you might not understand it, but it's not your day. It's mine. And I want my sister there with me. And she's important. And her partner's important to me. Because by not doing that, you're taking a side. Yeah. You're very clearly choosing a side, and it's not the side of your sister. Yeah. And I think that, you know, one thing that we're learning, something I've always been pretty adamant about is I don't speak to my family. I don't do anything out of guilt. If you don't no. treat me right, I'm not speaking to you. I've chosen so many people that celebrate me with so much love. That's who I want to be yes. surrounded by. Blood is thicker than water. What does that even mean? Nothing. Who cares? It's not. Who cares how thick it is? Okay. Well, you need water to live. <laughs> Absolutely. It you, takes up you, more than your body, listen, than blood. You okay. do, that's true, but you do need blood you do to need live too. Blood so to live. You, I, you're on the right right track you saved it <laughs> you do away. also you need, well you need water to live kaylee you know it's inside of you right <laughs> it's literally the way you go
That's <laughs> Why did really you go? That's right. Oh God! Wait, no, <laughs> no, 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 no. Well, you kept going. <laughs> so, so what we're taking away from today is that you need blood and water to live, ladies and gentlemen. So, do with that what you will. But you know, you can turn water into wine, and I prefer wine over blood anytime. Amen. Come on, Mama Roo. Let's take our uh, listeners to school, shall we? Uh, I'm loving this. We're going to look at uh, some words that we use in our community pretty commonly and have for a long time, but might not know why we use them. Mm-hmm. Uh, drag is a central part of our community. Any uh, any community that has a thriving drag community, you can also bet they're probably going to have a thriving queer community overall, right? Yeah. Um, drag queens are iconic. I was just at the We're Here season two premiere about a week or so ago, and I I can't even tell you how much money HBO spent on these queens in drag. But the word drag itself, according to Mama Roo, was originally an acronym in Shakespearean times that stood for dress uh, dressed resembling a girl. Um, but there's no evidence to back that up. Just because the most famous drag queen in the world says it so doesn't mean it actually is. Uh, apparently, it seems like the word drag first appeared in reference to male actors' petticoats when they played women in plays in mid-19th century. So not too far off because men played females in Shakespearean right. times as well. Uh, but the first man known to use this word in the sense that we know it today was William Dorsey Swan. Uh, he called himself a queen of drag in the 1880s. Uh, Swan was born into slavery in Maryland and post-emancipation organized secret balls for other formerly enslaved men in Washington, D.C. to dress in dresses. Think about this. We're talking just after slavery, Civil War era, uh, queer men, black men in particular in this situation, former slaves, they get their freedom and they're having balls in Washington, D.C. I mean, that is just the most beautiful thing ever. Yeah. Like, the courage it takes to do that. Yeah. Well, I want to say, quickly referencing, we came in with RuPaul's new song, and I'm obsessed with it. I love it. Another iconic, uh, you know, drag queen that uh, was a strong black man that's really made history. Uh, This word, I think, is super interesting, though. Sapphic. Have you ever heard of this? I've heard it, but I don't know what it means. I've never heard of it uh, until we did this article. The word sapphic, just like the word lesbian, honors the ancient Greek poet Sappho of the island of Lesbos, who wrote of her love and lust for other women. Her surviving works, mostly fragments, are some of the oldest examples of women writing about loving other women in existence. I had no idea that that's what that word was. Sappho. Never heard of it as a lesbian woman. No idea, but I'm going to say... While we're doing this, I have a, I know this, I don't want to drag anybody, uh, but it's a conversation. You just said drag. I, oh, I don't want to. There I it is. I know, I know. She, uh, she, are you giving us a note? Yeah, these are the origin of LGBTQ words and terms we use all the time. That's oh. what we're doing right now if you're just yeah. not joining us. Okay, so this girl uh, that I know just started a clothing line and she wants to empower other women and other queer people. But she uh, uses words and then puts their definition underneath them. And Love she's it. like, um, sh- she does like yas or queen. Um, but I think that even for me, like I'll call myself out. Do we think that that's kind of like um, appropriation in the sense of like these words came from something so much bigger than like TikTok or Drag Race? Like, do you have to sort of 
Do you know what I'm trying to yeah, say? Yeah, I think it's important to know the origin, but I also think that there is uh, there's you don't nobody owns a word. Yeah, you know what I mean. And yeah. I think that I think that a word uh, words are so so powerful. You know, I'm an author. I, I I understand the power of words. I don't know that I would think of it as the same as maybe wearing your hair in cornrows if you're a white woman, or you know what I mean. I don't know if I think it's the same, um, but I've never really thought about it. But I think that it's important to know what words stand for and where they come from. Yeah, and I think that's really cool. And also, if you're bringing awareness to origin, whether or not you're the one who originated it or not. Because um, every single person who originated all these words is long dead. Yeah, you know what I mean, right. so if you're bringing awareness to it, I think that's always a good thing. This one's one of my favorites because I was one of these for for many years. Twink, very common in our community. Uh, Twinkies are small, smooth, cream-filled snacks that are not nutritious but are fun in the moment. Yeah, right, uh, and may be what inspired the slang term twink. Um, and I've always heard that one. I've always heard, well, they're they're smooth and they're cream-filled. That's what that's how I always heard twinks. That's why I heard people called twinks. But it's also possible that the 1920s British slang word twank evolved into twink. Now, twank referred to a client of a gay male prostitute or a man willing and ready to become any dominant man's partner. Okay. So the submissive bottom, probably. No, yeah, no. I've heard twink. I mean, since I've been growing up, and they're always like very, very skinny. Mm-hmm. They have like a little boy quality they're about sweet. them. They're sweet. They're fun for a moment. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Listen, I think these words are super interesting. Come out of the closet. Another one uh, that talked about obviously um, being honest about your sexuality. And that, will, the, that goes back to ballroom. Out. Ballroom culture again. Yeah, yeah, yes. Uh, we just celebrated a national coming out day mm-hmm. a few days ago. And uh, and this is where it comes from. I do. I actually really like this article. I think it's important to know the origins. Uh, when I say like, yes, Quinn. Now I'm going to start saying sapphic because now I know that word. I'm never saying sapphic. Oh, I'm so sapphic. Sapphic. That would be oh. hot, though. That's sapphic. That's so sapphic. <laughs> you, know what I, you know what I hear playing in the back of my mind right now? The more you know. And the big rainbow and the star from oh, NBC. Oh, yeah. Like, that's what I hear right now. I feel that. So, Justin, go ahead and find that and I add that here at the end of our Working super hard. Segment. We're in the money. Okay, how many times have you dreamed in your life to just have millions or billions of dollars in the bank account? Joy, every day. Travel the world. I think we've all sort of been there, right? Daydreaming about what would happen if we, we win the lottery, for instance. Even of if, course. Even if you don't play the lottery like me, I still wonder what would happen if I won of it. Of course. I have this weird uh, belief that someday I'm going to win $874 million. I know. That's I bought three lottery number. tickets in my entire life, but if I ever see the number go to that, You're I'm buying, buying right? Well... <laughs> What if you had those billions of dollars, but you spent them all on pizza? Let's say you had $3.8 billion and you spent it all on pizza. Would you kick yourself? Wait, you have $3.8 billion mm-hmm. and you spend it on pizza? Yep, not buying a company, not buying a corporation, just the actual pizza. Because listen, one guy how did this. How would you even, how much, uh, you couldn't even spend $3.8 billion on pizza? Well, you would think so. This story is wild. What? Our producer found it the other day, and I've been dying to talk to you about this. So, it has to do with cryptocurrency. We've had experts on our show trying to explain Bitcoin and Dogecoin and all these other cryptocurrencies to us. They don't make a lot of sense to us. The valuation's all over the map. You know, uh, Elon Musk was recently on SNL. Yeah. His mom made a joke about Dogecoin. The the price of it, the worth dropped significantly in a matter of minutes, right? It's a very volatile, very new sort of currency. Well, 
in May of 2010, a California student by the name of Jeremy Sturdivant was 19 years old, right? He was working at a pizza joint, and he saw a bizarre request. This is 11 years ago. Keep this in mind. Uh, somebody asked if they could pay for their two pizzas, large pizzas that they ordered, uh, for $41 was, the, was the, the price, if he could pay with 10,000 bitcoins. And he was like, this guy, uh, Jeremy was like, uh, sure, I guess, why not? That was the very first cryptocurrency exchange of funds in American history. Okay. He accepted it. He's like, ah, this is kind of fun. Why wouldn't I do it? Okay. So, May 22nd, just passed, has become known as Bitcoin Pizza Day. Here's why. That guy took that 10,000 Bitcoins uh-huh. and spent it on travel. Turned into maybe a couple hundred bucks. Spent it on travel. You know what that money would be worth today? What? $365 million. <laughs> The money so he accepted ta- on, for two large pizzas 11 years ago, if he just held on to it, would be worth $365 million today. What? Can you imagine? Okay, uh, hold on. I literally need four and a half seconds. So he was working at 19 as a pizza guy. Yep. The guy paid for his two large pizzas with 10,000 Bitcoin. Yep. He said yes. Yep. Which I think already most people wouldn't have done. They would have been like, no, it's $41. Thank you, He's like, why scammer. not? I'll keep the money and just cover the cost of this pizza and I'll have this Bitcoin now. And then he spent it on travel. Mm-hmm. Had he held on to it 365 minutes. What is he saying? And what is he saying now? He's like, ah, I'm glad to be a part of history. I'm okay with it. I'm fine. He's What's kind, wrong with this guy? He's got a long red beard, kind of balding. Looks kind of goofy. Wears a flannel shirt like he lives he's in the woods. He's an easygoing guy. He's a, yeah, he's a tree-hugging, sort of easy, low, and loving, like n- nature kind of guy. angel, I would have gagged. Well, what about the guy that bought the pizza? His name is Laszlo. Yeah, what's going on with him? He's the one who, over the course of years, figured out that he could use this Bitcoin to buy pizza. He loves pizza. He's got a family now. Um, and the amount of money he spent on pizza is worth $3.8 billion now. $3.8 oh billion God. with a B had he not bought those pizza pies. He loves the pizza pie. Does the guy have any Bitcoin left? No. He just has no more money left. Didn't see he it spent going. three point eight billion. Oh my god! And he Ta- spent. Listen to he me. spent that much money in Bitcoin in the summer of two thousand ten alone. In one summer, he spent the equivalent of three point eight billion dollars worth of Bitcoin today. Listen to me. It's very rare that a story stresses me out. I know. I'm sweating. I'm stressed. What would you do? Like if you realized there- it, you uh, listen. I know when you when you lose a hundred dollars on something, you like you go you Meltdown. go down a rabbit hole. $3.8 billion. dollars we would never, You'd never hear see the again. end of it. That's that's a lot of money. That's so much. That's not even like $100 million, which is also a lot of money. But it also makes me- $3.8 billion? But also, 11 years ago, these guys were so far ahead of the game, they were yeah. using Bitcoin. I didn't but know what it was until 11 months ago. I'll tell you what. That's why you really- I, I feel like you always have to stay so open-minded with new business ideas yeah. or with new things. I mean, it's a really good lesson on, although you don't understand it, it doesn't mean it's not something well, that's yeah, going to end up benefiting real, you. It's a real fine line between getting sucked into a Ponzi scheme um, and, 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 and doing something like this that could change your life forever. Just for a comparison, okay, the LA Dodgers- 
right here in Southern California, California, one of the most iconic franchises, not just in baseball, but in all of sport. You know how much they're worth, Michaela Gordon? How much? $3.4 billion. He could have yeah, bought the Dodgers like, and had cash to spare. Oh, my God. That's wild to That's me. crazy. I, I mean, listen, the only thing that I can genuinely say is just stay open-minded when a business idea comes to you. Don't be jaded. I mean, well, as much he, as we want to make fun of it. Well, these guys were young at the time. That The thing about investing is that you have to be willing to lose the money. Yeah. You don't want to invest your last penny. Generally speaking, you want to invest money that you can live without should you lose it. Yeah. The, the market's but you know volatile. what? I'll tell you, that's the one thing I love about Lisa, my partner. She stays real open-minded, even during business ideas that I'm like, that does not make sense. And it's really benefited her. She also like takes the time to figure out what it means, what it is. If it were up to me, I would just have like... You go $5. get your nails done. Yeah, yeah, that's it. I'd like, go buy pizza and then be like, hey, AJ, I spent $3.8 billion on pizza. So I would very much be that person. Very Italian of you. Yeah, but I, we do love pizza, though. Yeah, of course. Well, obviously, margarita's I mean, the best. Okay. With the, I like pepperoni. I like sausage. I like the um, pepperoni. There was a joke opportunity there for you that you totally was missed. Was it? I love sausage. You're mm. gay. Tell me something good. I'll tell you something good. 22 Dutch university students just did something really, really incredible uh, that could be a step in the right direction towards saving our planet from certain doom. Ready for it? Ready, honey. They completed an 1,800-mile road trip powered only by the sun. Now, these uh, young students are on a quest to show that sustainable vehicles can let you travel the world without harming the environment. Uh, and and this is really, really fantastic. They say their van, which they named Stella Vita, is the world's first solar-powered mobile home. Not just a car, a mobile home. Uh, it's got a solar panel roof, wings that fold out with additional panels when parked to, uh, of course, absorb that extra energy. And the team was doubled uh, has doubled the solar surface to 17 and a half square meters, which generates enough energy to live and drive on. Mm-hmm. It's really fantastic because, listen, it's like gone are the days where we can ignore conversations about global climate change and about the effects uh, that humans are having on the planet. Our kids, our kids' kids, they're not going to have a planet to live on uh, if we don't do more uh, quickly. And to see this younger generation take up this task is really beautiful because God knows the adults of the world aren't going to do anything. A thousand percent. So kudos to these young 22-year-olds. It's pretty impressive. I wasn't doing that. What was I doing at 22? I wasn't trying to save the planet. Hanging out. No, no, you weren't hanging out with me yet. I was going to drag shows and hooking up. Yeah, you were. That that lasted until 32 also. There was a full decade of that. What did you do at 33? 33? Well, I was in a relationship by then, Michaela. I actually actually debuted my first national talk show with at Amelie? that age. Yes, we were together By at that 30, time. 30, oh my god, I love that. Yep. Wow, that's so cute. Okay, I have a very cute story. Uh, as promised by Canadian Prime Minister Justin Trudeau okay. in 2015, he wanted to end a ban on gay and bisexual men from donating blood. Right? Yeah. Because that's always been a big deal. It's like so ridiculous. And it's set to happen. Within weeks, Canadian Blood Services is expected to ask Health Canada to allow it to remove questions about gender or sexuality, basing screening on higher risk sexual behavior instead. Potential blood donors could be asked if they have had multiple sexual partners and about their sexual behavior rather than sexuality and gender. Hello. Get into it. This is the news we want to tell. I think it's great. I mean, come on. If somebody needs a blood transplant and there's the opportunity to have so many people in line wanting to give it, you're really, you know, 
at such a. If you're willing to do that, you should have the option. Yeah, but absolutely. Also, that's a life that could be saved. Also, also uh, Trudeau, uh, he's cute. He's hot. He's a good looking guy. Let's just, let's just throw it out there. How, how, let's just, put it out there. Put it out there. Yeah, you never Justin, know. Shoot your shot. Justin, not only you're hot, but you're a, you're an ally to the community. Amen. And you deserve praise. You know what? He deserves a day. Our producer, Justin, thanks for talking about him We're right not now. Justin. We're talking about Justin, Justin Trudeau. Trudeau. Both I would Justin. like to say that on Wednesday, November 17th at 9.55 in the morning Pacific, 12.55 Eastern, we have named today Justin Trudeau Day. Here on the Morning Beat. All right. Well, this Tell Me Something Good yeah. is brought to you by McDonald's. And right now you can go to McDonald's to get a delicious peppermint mocha hot or iced for only $2. Prices and participation may vary. Uh, as always, thank you so much for listening. Thank you to our guests. We'll see you tomorrow. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month without a pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com. <sighs> Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply.